Hello and welcome to the Japan Archives, a podcast where we'll be delving into the histories and mythologies from Japan's long history. I'm your host, Thomas. And I'm your co-host, Heather. We'll also be reading a poem for you every week and giving a little history about the poet who wrote it. Ikimashou! strange to be doing it outside, but it's kind of nice. It's beautiful. I, what's this temple we're by? So the temple we're sat by is Kiyomizu Kanon. Oh. Um, so yeah, hello guys. This is episode 25. 25. 25 now. Uh, it's the new year. Yay. We hope you had a new year. Um, whether you stayed indoors or went to see like the new year's fireworks, wherever you are. Um, so yeah, we are both in Tokyo now, and we thought we would do some recording outside in Ueno Park. Um, just to tell you a bit about the temples that are in the park itself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful day. It's really warm for this time of year. The sun is out, there are no clouds, and the background noise you hear is we are literally sitting by the temple and people are doing their Hatsumode, which is their shrine visits for the new year, and they are ringing a bell. Mm. Many, many bells. So you'll hear the bell sound in the background. You can probably hear a lot of people walking by as well. Um, there's a lot of crows around today as well, mm. but we hope you stick with us for this. I think it's going to be very rare that we do stuff like this outside. We just thought it'd be a nice change because we were both in Tokyo mm -hmm. and being in Ueno Park suits the topic of the episode, which is about the park and the temples. So as usual, before we start, what do you already know about Ueno Park? Hmm. The most I know about Ueno Park is that there are a lot of museums here. There is the zoo where uh, Shinshin or Shanshan, no, Shanshan, Shanshan the baby panda is here. The art museum is here. The history museum is here. I think there's a science museum as well. Um, but that's kind of the extent of my knowledge. It's a really big park. It's beautiful too. I've been to most of the museums before. The science museum is pretty good actually. Um, but I do prefer the national museum mm -hmm. a lot more. Um, the art museum is also quite good. They have a lot of exhibits sometimes about the old artists, like mm. Hokusai and people like that. So if you time it right when you're in Japan, you can get some good exhibitions. Uh, but without much further ado, shall I begin? Yes, please. Some of the stories about Ueno Park. There's another temple bell behind us somewhere. That temple, I do believe, would be the temple of... Um, Gojo Tenjin Shrine, which is also, well, it's behind us, whereas Kiyomizudera is right in front of us right now. So, a little bit about Ueno Park. So, the park itself um, once encompassed the, um, the grounds of the temple called Kaneji Temple, which was founded in 1625. Mm. Now, going back to an earlier episode, what direction do you think Kaneji Temple is built in? Oh, well, we have the Kimon, which is in what the, the northeast corner, 
I'm assuming it's going. The front is going to be pointing toward where the sunrise is. So that would be east. Hmm. Possibly. Mm. So we do know that when Kaneji was actually built, they placed it in the northeast section mm. of this area. So this temple was built there to act as a kimon for the entire city of Tokyo to oh. protect it from all the bad luck. So this, the temple itself, is a kimon. Yes, the temple itself acts as a kimon.、Um, so yeah, Kaneji was built to act as a kimon for the city as a whole.、Ooh. Obviously, the kimon is still believed these days, but I think that as the temp, as the city has expanded further northeast, I'm not. I'm assuming some bad luck hits the city, but then it stops at Ueno Park. So if you live in the northeast of Ueno. Maybe, maybe just try your best.、What、try and avoid all the bad luck that might come your way. You can have the plant that that plant that absorbs the bad luck. Are the、mm. vines that we、mm. talked about in the superstition episode? Yes. And of course, you can get charms as well. Yes, <laughs> the temples will always have lots of charms to buy. <laughs> um. So yeah, like we said, the park was originally Kaneji as part of Kaneji Temple, which was founded in 1625 as the Kimon. Now. Sadly,、um, a lot of the temple buildings itself were destroyed in 1868 during、mm. the Meiji Ref,、uh, Restoration.、Mm. The battle itself, where when the temple was destroyed, was just called the Battle of Ueno,、um, because that was before the park was here. The area itself was still known as Ueno.、Um, basically, the Battle of Ueno happened during the Boshin War,、mm. and this was a time when the Tokugawa Shogunate were fighting against people who wished to restore the imperial,、um, the imperial rule, not the imperial family. They, they never disappeared, but obviously, a lot of their power was lost, and they were kind of like, I want to say puppet rulers in a way, because、mm. the shogunate had the real power at the time. But yeah, during the Boshin War, the battle here、um, was to try and reinstall imperial rule, which sadly ended up with a lot of the temple. Of Kaneji itself being destroyed,、Aww. so after the battle itself, the entire area of Ueno Hill I, became into the control of the、um, the city of Tokyo. Apart from some of the temples which still survive, so for Kaneji there was still the five-story pagoda,、mm. um, which is still here today. There was the temple of Kiyo Mizudera, and a few other places because they avoided the destruction of the battle. They、mm. were Kept by the original owners, but the rest of it was trans- transferred to the city of Tokyo itself. Now, as we know today, that Ueno was then designated to be a park, but at the time there was a lot of confusion as to what they wanted to do with this area. There was a few people who wanted to turn it into like a hospital,、um, things like that, or Japan needed a lot of space for offices and things. However, there was actually a Dutch doctor. Um, called Baudouin, who urged that this entire area should be designated a park for Tokyo because people had the right to open spaces、mm. and an area to be able to get to places where they were away from the hustle and bustle and could have a bit of time to themselves, I suppose. Yeah. And after he put his proposal forward, eventually in January 1873. The Daijokan, or the government at the time, decided to designate the 
the entire area as a park. So that is a little bit about how the park came to be. Which temple would you like to talk about first? Would you like me to do Kaneji as that was the original of the area? That's the one we're right by, correct? Kaneji? No, Kaneji's the one behind us. Yeah, Kaneji's yeah. the one behind us, mm. the pagoda, which we can't quite see right now. Um, so which one would you like me to do first? Let's head to Kaneji. It's the key one, right? Yes. Let's start there and make sure we get all our bad luck out before we go to the next ones. Okay, so we're going to head over to Kaneji and then we'll carry on with our recording. Okay, so we're back. Um, we're sat kind of near the five-story pagoda of Kaneji. The main building of Kaneji Temple is actually just north of Ueno Park, so behind the Tokyo National Museum. So we decided to just go look at the pagoda. We've taken some pictures, which we'll post up on the show notes. Um, so yeah, a bit about a bit more about Kaneji Temple. Like we already said, it was originally a lot of more buildings than it is today, which encompassed the entirety of what is now Ueno Park. Um, originally, the complex itself actually had over 30 buildings. Um, but when it got smaller as well, a lot of the temples nearby became their own temples, such as Kiyomizudera and the Benten which is in the lake, which we'll go and see later. Um, but historically, this is a temple which was known for having strong connections with the Tokugawa shogunate at the time. And Kaneji itself was founded in 1625 by a Buddhist monk called Tenkei, who was actually an advisor to one of the shoguns at the time, Tokugawa Ieyasu. Now, Kaneji is also interesting in that it was modeled after a temple near Kyoto, a temple on Mount Hiei, um, known, as, hmm, known as Enrakuji, which we actually mentioned before hmm. on our Tesso episode. Um, so Kaneji's official full name is actually Toezan Kaneji, which we can translate as the Mount Hiei of the East. So they were literally trying to model it on the temple from Kyoto, not just in appearance, but also in its name, in a way. Trying to bring the spirit here, I mm. guess. And it became known as Kaneji Temple here um, because it was basically built in the Kanei period of Japan, which was from 1624 to 1644. Like we already said, it was built in the northeast of Tokyo to act as the Kimon um, for the city itself, but also, like we said on our Kimon episode, to act as a Kimon for Edo Castle as well. But like we said, unfortunately, the temple itself um, eventually came into ruin during the Battle of Ueno and the Boshin Wars. The main temple building, um, it has a lot of original roof tiles, which were known as the Devil Tiles. Um, a lot of them now have been placed just around the temple grounds for you to look at and like they depicted like evil creatures especially the oni which again we have talked about several times and we really should do an episode just about them they're yes. super interesting <laughs> but these were designed yet yeah, to scare away the evil spirits which i think is quite interesting like they used the their own images against them in a way like mm. they used oni to scare oni mm. which i 
personally thought would have been counterproductive, but I guess it worked in a way. Well, there's more scary Oni, I guess, than the Oni. They're scarier than the actual Oni that are around. Mm. So yeah, the temple had a lot of those on its roof to help act as an extra buffer to stop all the bad luck. Now, my most favorite thing about this temple I found out is there is actually a monument set up there called the Mushizukahi. Uh, mushi, as you no doubt know, is the Japanese word for like insect or bug. So they set up a monument to honor um, insects that had actually died. They did this because it was set up in 1821 as a dying request of a man known as Seisai Mashima, and he, di he lived between 1754 and 1819. So he set up this monument as a way to appease the spirits of all the unfortunate creatures that he had to kill so that he could create these natural history books for people. So yeah, that's a few little things about Keneji Temple. Hmm. I guess while we're sat here we can do the next temple which is known as Toshogu Temple. It's actually next to the Keneji Pagoda and we actually went in took a few more photos. Hmm. We were going to record in there, but <laughs> the whew, there was a very long line for the to get to the shrine to actually do the prayers, and it was really noisy. So unfortunately, very busy we and crowded too. Yeah. Lots of people. So we walked away a little bit. We can still kind of see it where we're sat, but yeah. it's a lot quieter where we are now. So which is good, except for that bird that just went right overhead. <laughs> That's fine. Hello, friend. So, the Toshogu Shrine is a Shinto shrine, as opposed to Keneji, which was a Buddhist temple. This one was founded around 1627, and it was again attributed to the shogunate, and it was used to enshrine Tokugawa Ieyasu, who we've already mentioned. Now, in the temple itself, Ieyasu has become to be worshipped as a god-lord by the shogunate, and that in J Japanese is called the... It is the Tosho Daigon-gen in Japanese, so the god lord of the shogunate. The present day building is actually constructed from 1651, so it dates to after the initial founding, which therefore shows us that it survived the Battle of Ueno that happened in the park, and it also means that it survived the big catastrophic earthquake that happened in Tokyo in 1923, the Great Kanto Earthquake. Now, the two interesting things that I think for this temple um, are, as we've seen, if you come, there is the long line of lanterns, stone land, bronze lanterns that you walk through as you're entering the temple, as well as when you're in the grounds. Um, in total, there are 50 bronze lanterns alone. I'm not sure how many stone lanterns there are. If I'm honest, I'm not quite sure why there are so many lanterns. Do you know there's a significance in Japan for lanterns? You know, I honestly don't. That's something I'm going to have to research because I, I was interested too to see, um, especially those lanterns are really decorative. They had a lot of pictures on them, mm. the ones we were walking through. I do know that in the temple, three of them are specifically designated to three specific shoguns from the Tokugawa family mm -hmm. um, so whether it means the other lanterns themselves are 
also attributed to lesser family members because they're a lot less ornate than the others I'm not too sure but the other thing that I think is quite interesting about the temple so if you come during the right season in Japan they actually have a peony garden attached to the temple I've never been I think it's Chototakai, a little bit expensive, like <laughs> 700 yen for the small garden. It's about seven dollars ish, around yeah. seven dollars US. Seven dollars or the five or six pounds in English. But yeah, like I said, I've never been in, but it has a lot of visitors every year. So I definitely think if it's something, if you like gardening, if you like flowers, then it's something you should definitely check out. Um, so yeah, that was Toshogu Shrine. Not as much to say about that one, but still an interesting temple I think that you should definitely visit while you're in Japan. So what do you think so far? Really fascinating. I, I honestly didn't know there were so many temples in Ueno Park. I just went to the more like the museum areas and didn't venture out so far into this side. And I didn't know that they really, I should have known, they were older, but... And you know, because the capital of... Um, was moved from, I know it was in, I think it was Osaka at one point, Kyoto, and then moved to Edo or Tokyo later. So it would make sense a lot of the shrines and things and temples here were modeled on the previous capitals. But I didn't know that there was like so much history tied into that behind it. Um, so I think next on our itinerary would be to walk back over to where we initially did our intro and we can do the temple of Kiyomizudera and then from there we can walk on down to Benten. Okay, sounds good. Okay, ikimashou. <laughs> okay, so our final recording for today. So we are currently sat around the big lake. Well, I suppose it's not that big, but I'd still call it a lake. We sat around the lake um, on the edge of Ueno Park, looking over at Benten Temple. But first, I want to talk about uh, Kiyomizu Temple. Now, I've, ki- I've been calling it Kiyomizu Dera throughout the recording today, which <laughs> is actually in error. Um, I've just been to Kyoto, and there is a temple there called Kiyomizu Dera. Um, so my brain has been reverting back to that, but this one is actually called Kiyo, Kiyomizu Kanondo. Like we said with the previous temple where it was based off one in Kyoto, this one itself was also did the same. So mm. Kiyomizu Kanon here is actually based off of Kiyomizu Dera Temple in Kyoto. Um, so it's okay you're mixing them up just a little bit. So I'm mixing them up a little bit, but they are. It is a copy of Kiyomizu Dera Temple. Now this temple was built in 1632, again as part of the original Keneji temple complex, but it's now become something in its own right. Now the temple is quite interesting in that because it is based off Kiyomizu Dera in Kyoto, they have built it on the side of a hill. Hmm. So it's on stilts and lo- overlooks um, Benten Temple. So you can look down from the temple onto the lake and see the temple. The extra additional thing of interest, which you'll see when you go to the temple, a pine tree which they have um, formed to grow into a circle shape so you can look straight through the circle down at the lake uh, down to Benten. The tree itself is a pine tree and because of its circular nature they attribute it to looking like the moon so they call it the Tsukino Matsu so the moon pine which I think is quite a nice name for it. 
the tree itself is not the original. Um, it was sadly destroyed in a storm during the Edo period, so sometime between the 16 and 1800s. And so the current tree actually only dates from 2011, so it's quite a recent tree. I didn't, I wow. thought it was older than that, but no, it's only been there for, well, we're 2020 now, so eight or nine years. And back in the Edo period when ukiyo-e prints were quite prevalent, and a lot of artists were making them. This tree, the image of the tree itself, was actually used in um, a series of artworks known as the 100 views of 100 famous views of Edo, which dates from 1856 to 1859. Who painted that? And the man who painted that, this was a Japanese artist known as Utagao Hiroshige and he lived from 1797 up until 1858. So the last thing that I think is of interest for Kiyomizu, not Dera, <laughs> is the temple has strong associations with Senju Kanon, um, Osatsu, together with another deity called the Kosodate Kanon. And the temple as well has also become quite popular among women who hope to conceive um, because the temple is known to have a lot of charms and animal amulets that they sell for this, this purpose, to help um, women conceive a child. One more thing to say, the temple itself wasn't originally in the area it is today. Um, it was moved there in 1694 and it received a full-scale restoration to it between 1990 and 90, um, So a lot of the temple is quite new, which is... I don't know. I prefer the temples which are still original in some way, but I suppose with anything that's happened in the park, it's understandable that they had to do the restorations on it. Well, I mean, a lot of temples... Not a lot, but quite a few are restorations or have had to be restored because they're made of wood and uh, fire happens quite a lot here, especially in winter where you use fire to keep warm. Even now there's a lot of danger of um, houses burning down because they still use kerosene heaters and like small space heaters. So fire and earthquakes are a big... and typhoons as well. So I think quite a few of the temples have had... We, we were we were uh, stopped by a, a very small child who was yeah. waving at us. Sorry about cute. that. We got distracted by the child. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, like there is a lot of disasters in Japan which do affect the temples a lot. Mm. So we are lucky that there are still some originals. But it also makes sense that a lot of them have been destroyed, especially when even now and they nowadays they still traditionally make them of wood mm. instead of like concrete and brick, which they do with a lot of like Western churches and things. Um, but I kind of like the more traditional element of it. Um, but yeah, so moving on to the temple we're now sat in front of, so Bentendo. So first of all, as you can tell, Heather, it is in the middle of the lake. Hmm. Um, so the lake itself is called the Shinobazu Pond. And it's not actually called a lake. We've been calling it a lake this whole time. I've been, I've been listening to you and I've been following your lead, but yes. However... <laughs> I will say that the pond itself is actually, again, based off of something else near to Kyoto. Ah. So, 
They took the temples and styled them off places in Kyoto. So the pond itself is actually styled off the lake near Kyoto, so Lake Biwa, which we've mentioned again before yes. as the home of the Dragon King. So I, I, I think, like you said, when they, they have tried to, in a way, when the capital was moved, they've tried to bring elements of the old capital because it was the capital for over for many centuries mm -hmm. so it had a lot of cultural and historical significance to them so like suppose when they moved they didn't want to lose everything and they still wanted to hold on to some of the more important things of the old capital so this would be kind of like pond biwa pond biwa hmm. i suppose so and i think as well that's why i've been calling it a lake because i know it's based oh, off a lake like biwa <laughs> and also when you're sat in front of it like we are i think it's too big to be called a pond I see. The bird agrees. The bird agrees. Um, so before I tell you a little bit about the temple, the pond itself is quite nice to come to in spring and summer. Because um, the whole place, you can't really see the water. It's covered in like lilies. You should come here in spring or summer when the whole place is like a sea of green. And especially when the lilies then coming to blossom, mm. it's a really pretty and a good photo opportunity place to come to in Awena, well, in Tokyo itself. Mm. So, we have the pond which is based off of Lake Biwa. Inside of Lake Biwa, there is an island which they built to construct the temple. The island they constructed in the middle of the pond here is also based off an island which is in Lake Biwa, an island known as the Chikubu Island. They built the pond, they built the island, and then they built Bentendo on top. Bentendo is dedicated to a goddess known as Benzai Ten. And she is originally an Indian goddess. Like in India, she was considered a symbol of longevity, good fortune, happiness, as well as prosperity. But when she came to Japan, she maintained some of these associations, but she also became a goddess of music as well as entertainment. There is a statue of her enshrined within the temple. Um, her figurine has eight different arms and each arm is holding a different holy weapon hmm. which was used to defeat the Asuras and I'm not quite sure who they were so I'd have to look more into that <laughs> The bird does not approve The bird does not approve And yes, she is worshipped here as a goddess of like great love for salvation as well as great wisdom for health and longevity as, as well as all the other associations she has So yeah, that was Benten Temple now there is one final temple in Ueno Park that I go to a lot. I think it's, it's a very small temple, kind of tucked away, like you saw when we walked mm -hmm. through it. Um, it's known as Gojo Tenjinja, um, but there's also another one directly next to it. So two small temples. So the first one, Gochen, Gojo Tenjinja, and the other one called Hanazono Inari Jinja. So both of these are Shinto shrines. Now, I haven't found anything that says they were based off of anything in Kyoto. However, when we entered it, as you know, there was the long line of Tori gates to go in. So, I think there is a... Or I think there is a Branch office. <laughs> I think there is a connection to the Kyoto temple known as Fushimi Inara Shrine, which is famous for its long lines of Tori gates all the way up the mountain. Do we see the foxes in front? Although we did get a picture uh, before this, we need to, go, need to go back and look and see if we saw the foxes because if we see those, I think it is tied together. 
it would be a branch of the shrine. Mm. We know, well, it's kind of strange. There are some things we don't know about it. So Hanazono Shrine, don't actually know when it was established. Um, it's just said that it's been there for a very long time. And after the establishment of Kaneji Temple, so hinting at that it was here before even that temple was built, it be it became, like Hanazono Inari became the guardian of the temple complex of a whole of Kaneji. And the other one, Goten Shrine, according to the legend surrounding it, was founded around 1900 years ago. So that would make it like 100 AD. Oh. So a very old temple, if the stories are to be believed. It said that throughout history, for some reason, it kept changing places, so it, would, it was moved several times. However, it eventually came back to Ueno Park in 1928. Hmm. But yeah, there you go. That was a little bit about the temples of Ueno Park. Park. What did you think? Well, you know, I really enjoyed being able to see them as we're talking about them because a lot of times when we're talking about things, we're at home or at each our own homes, and we are looking at pictures online. And sometimes there's there's places that I have not been to, and, and you haven't been to either. So to be able to see it and talk of the history at the same time is really amazing. And I know for me, like. I take sometimes like to take some time and reflect about all we've seen and perhaps do some more research as well. Mm. But just being able to be in front of them, I just learned so much. I'm, I'm really pleased. It's a lot of information you've given me. Yeah, there and was everyone. a lot of stuff today, <laughs> so I hope I didn't speak too quickly for everyone. I hope mm. it was coherent enough. Um, no, it was good. It was really fascinating. And we'll post the pictures that we, we took some pictures. Um, there are a lot of people. And in the background, you've probably heard a lot of seagulls. <laughs> so uh, we've been enjoying watching the seagulls as they've been flying by. No, this is great. Thank you so much, Thomas. Thank you for all the research, too. It's a lot of temples to research. It was. Well, that's no worries. <laughs> Everyone who's listening, thank you for tuning in today. We we think the sound quality is going to be, be fine. <laughs> Uh, maybe some of the birds will be a bit loud in the background and we apologize for that. Like I said, a live recording is quite different to when we're at home, in the quiet of our own home. But yeah, we hope you enjoyed it and we may do this again in the future, like if we're ever together mm. and we can visit somewhere um, that we want to talk about, we'll do this again. Um, but I think for the most part, this will be a rare treat for not only us, but for you, the listeners, as well. So anyway, that's me done. So I'm just going to say thanks again for listening. And we'll get back to you next week with a new episode. I want to apologize for not having a poem this week. Just ba- um, due to traveling and a lot of driving, have not had a chance to research a poem. But I will return next week with a new poem for you guys. So thank you so much. And yeah, we hope you enjoyed the live episode as much as we got a chance to enjoy recording it together. Uh, on location so thank you so much yeah thank you much thank you very much you guys and we'll speak to you soon Matane. if you've enjoyed the japan archives please consider checking out historyofjapan.co.uk a database we are making on japanese history you can also find the show notes for all our episodes here if you're on instagram you can follow my account over at nexus underscore travels that's n-e-x-u-s underscore travels we also have a facebook and twitter page which you can find at japan archives 
If you're interested in little slices of life in Japan, be sure to check out my website over at heatheroveryonder.com. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes, have anything you'd love to hear about, head on over to historyofjapan.co.uk and send us a message. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to give us a rating and review over on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, guys. Until next time, bye. Matane.